Seeking mental health care can be overwhelming and even scary, but it doesn't have to be. I'm Dr. Josephine McNary, and I'm committed to making this process easier for you. Each week, my expert guest and I unravel a different form of therapeutic intervention in order to bring comfort and understanding and to help you get back to your true self. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today, I'm pleased to have on as our guest, Dr. Monica Federoff. Dr. Federoff is a general adult psychiatrist located in the Cal Psychiatry San Diego La Jolla office. She is passionate about treating patients with a wide variety of psychiatric disorders, including mood and anxiety disorders, women's reproductive mental health, sleep disorders, OCD, and ADHD. She values an integrated yet personalized approach to patient care and wellness, including both non-pharmacological and pharmacological-based treatments. She obtained her Bachelor's of Science degree from Emory University, PhD in Neurogenetics from the University College London, and Medical degree from University of California, Irvine, where she completed her residency. She has had specialized training in women's reproductive mental health, treatment-resistant mood disorders, and psychiatric collaborative primary care. Today, we talk about postpartum anxiety and OCD. Welcome, Dr. Federoff. Thank you. Excited to be here. Yeah. So today we're talking about something that you have a special interest in, which is postpartum mental health, specifically postpartum anxiety and OCD. Yeah. Thank you very much. This is, you know, a topic that often doesn't receive enough attention or awareness and particularly, you know, it has a prevalence generally postpartum anxiety of about 10% in postpartum mothers, but While we have been increasing our recognition of postpartum depression, there's quite a ways to go with postpartum anxiety and OCD. So what is postpartum anxiety? Postpartum anxiety, I think in general, it's important to define regular anxiety and then kind of when it becomes a little bit more concerning or problematic. So some anxiety in the postpartum period is going to be very appropriate and can even be productive towards being mentally prepared for various changes towards becoming a new parent, typical worries associated you know, with mothering skills, transitions with breastfeeding, partner relationships, and then even more things like physical and body image concerns and general financial and household concerns. But it really becomes more problematic when it's vastly out of proportion to anticipated concerns that one has. And this is often represented in the mother being so anxious that she's unable to care for herself well enough or unable to really engage and bond with the baby or additionally really creating relationship strain with her partner just due to the overwhelming burdens that she's placed on herself. And as you're talking, I'm thinking some of this feels like kind of normal shifts that happen in the postpartum period. So how do you distinguish what is a problem versus just a transition into motherhood? Yeah, that's a great question. And often, you know, there's a a little bit of a gray area in terms of where was somebody prior to first developing those symptoms? For example, does this individual have pre-existing anxiety, OCD, or a mood disorder before ever getting pregnant? Or secondly, did this individual have these symptoms during the pregnancy itself to kind of get a sense of 
relative to somebody's baseline. Again, there is some appropriate level, but how much worse or how much more extreme can it get? I think really looking at specific things like mother's ability to care for herself, for example, if she is checking on the baby, so worried about SIDS, for example, and checking on the baby sleeping, you know, every 10 minutes to make sure the baby's breathing and not sleeping at all herself. That's something that would be very concerning or something like breastfeeding um, throughout constantly so that again, she's just not able to get quality sleep for herself. And then, I mean, I think in other ways too, that if she's so worried about things happening to the baby that she might not want to leave the house because she's so fearful to go places. So again, I think it's these marked changes in behavior that really suggests that she's suffering. And I think one of the complicating factors of that is that acknowledging that help is needed can be really challenging, specifically because, you know, anxiety to some extent can be productive. Right. What effect would this have on a baby? So generally speaking, I think the key is always to intervene early to minimize any potential effects. But generally speaking, there are effects noted both during pregnancy as well as thereafter. And specifically for this conversation, postpartum effects would be either impairments of bonding or attachment with the baby. Um, And an example associated with that would be that, you know, the mother is so preoccupied with one aspect or so worried about something occurring that she actually ends up neglecting or avoiding the baby. And that can actually have some long-term neurodevelopmental consequences to an effect even self-esteem and things like that for the child moving forward. Right. Interesting. Well, how does someone think about getting help for this sort of thing? So I think a lot of it comes down to figuring out what kinds of transitions they are planning on making during the perinatal period. And kind of, of course, there's going to be some unexpected hurdles. But again, I think it's so important to be on the same page and communicating well with a partner so that you can really kind of assess how things are going with frequent check-ins and get a sense of, you know, if there is just these feelings of persistent uh, feelings of being overwhelmed and unable to kind of engage in the tasks that the mother herself was able to do before, even with some modifications. Mm -hmm. And so what would someone maybe think about kind of seeing a therapist, a group, seeing a psychiatrist, where would you suggest someone maybe start if they're worried about, or if they're worried about their partner having postpartum anxiety? Yeah. So definitely there's a lot of treatment modalities. I think ideally and especially depending on the severity, both a combination of therapy and treatment can be extremely helpful. But typically seeking out therapy is usually one of the first 
options and often for patients, especially if they have not had any prior mental health treatment, it can be a little bit more approachable in some ways. So one aspect of therapy would be like cognitive behavioral therapy, which focuses on kind of minimizing these maladaptive behaviors and feelings, which kind of occur in this cyclical process. And a lot of it involves intervening throughout that process to kind of restructure their thoughts and help minimize this kind of cyclical nature of these catastrophic events potentially occurring. There's also other types of therapy more specific to OCD. One of them is called exposure response prevention treatment. And that really helps patients who have more of these obsessions and ritualistic behaviors still be able to express these behaviors, but in a safe environment and over time develop coping skills to make them more comfortable in terms of resisting these impulses and urges. And then finally, as in psychiatry, we obviously use a lot of medications as part of the treatment plan. And typically the first line of medications are SSRIs or selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which are antidepressants, but are significantly important in helping with anxiety as well, and are also considered quite safe too, particularly in the postpartum period. Got it. You had mentioned OCD. I mean, maybe we should talk a little bit about OCD in comparison. When you talk about anxiety, OCD is part of anxiety, but what does postpartum OCD look like? Yeah, so that's a it's a great question. And one of the key differentiators with postpartum anxiety and postpartum OCD are the nature of those thoughts and worries. So, you know, going back to postpartum anxiety, there's often a lot of generalized anxiety about these real life events. And again, a lot of this catastrophic thinking, whereas in postpartum OCD, again, there's a lot of these intrusive thoughts, but typically they are a little bit more illogical and irrational Mm -hmm. and not as often associated with real life events. They're mostly kind of concerns about either intentional or accidental harm to the baby. And, you know, these often tend to be a little bit more stable over time as well. That's the type of thoughts. The quality of the thought. And a little bit about kind of these moms likely have no intention of harming their baby. It's an intrusive thought that kind of comes into their mind and that's distressing to them. Exactly. And I think that's what is often so difficult for new mothers and new parents to fully wrap their heads around because in general, it's extremely normal to have these intrusive thoughts. There's been some studies that show close to 100% of new parents Mm -hmm. actually have these about their children, but it really becomes problematic when they misinterpret these thoughts as potentially real, you know, suggesting that do they actually want to harm or avoid their child in some way, and then start to engage in these behavioral patterns of avoidance and checking and reassurance seeking, which develop in response to these intrusive thoughts. 
Right. And how important it is if any mom has these thoughts to share them with their partners, their families, and for sure get some sort of mental health intervention in order to determine are these OCD thoughts, are these other thoughts that we should be worried about just to make sure like you keep the baby safe and the mom safe too. Exactly. And yeah, that's an important point to bring up in terms of differentiating between postpartum OCD and then something more along the lines of postpartum psychosis, where patients in both cases do have these thoughts, which, you know, are often harmful or in some ways just not within the realm of what they feel like are normal thoughts. However, patients with postpartum OCD, you know, find them very distressing and know that they do not want to act on these thoughts, but can't keep them away or out of their minds. Whereas in postpartum psychosis, there's actually, you know, a lot more concern of would a patient potentially act on these thoughts and do we need to be worried about mom and baby's safety? And so really differentiating that one's kind of insight and approach towards those thoughts is important. Yeah. I mean, I think the overall discussion is postpartum anxiety is uncomfortable, right? Anxiety is uncomfortable. But in terms of thinking about the postpartum period, it's a huge transition that a mother and a family is going through. And in terms of thinking about how to recognize concerning thoughts and behaviors and when to think about getting care with a professional to really help them tease out what's going on and what type of treatment is is most appropriate. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that can definitely be a process for some in terms of recognizing that there is a, you know, an issue. And one of the risk factors for developing some of these symptoms are often some personality traits and characteristics associated with perfectionism or hyper-responsibility. So in some of these patients, it's often demoralizing and disheartening to kind of mentally accept that they may not be able to do all of these things, even though nobody could possibly do them, but really kind of focus on destigmatizing it so that they feel comfortable seeking help that's needed. Right. Well, thank you for your time and for talking to us about something that you find, I'm assuming, very rewarding to treat because it does get better. Before we say goodbye, and you're going to be on our website and your information will be on our website and some videos of you talking about this as well. But before we say goodbye to the listener, any last words that you'd like to kind of leave them with before we say goodbye? Yeah, I I think just really increasing the awareness of these symptoms to ultimately, one, recognize the prevalence. Again, about 10% of all postpartum women experience postpartum anxiety in general. And um, just being able to help minimize that self-criticism and intervene early for the best possible outcome for treatment for both the mother and the child. Because again, these are uh, very distressing, but also very treatable conditions. And, you know, we just want to be as helpful as possible. Yeah. And focus on the word treatable. We have ways to treat this and to help relieve suffering. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for being on. I appreciate you sharing your, your knowledge on this topic. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. 
All right. Take care. Thank you. This has been Mind Stories with me, Josephine McNary of Cal Psychiatry. With online psychiatry in California and 13 offices throughout Southern California and the Bay Area, Cal Psychiatry specializes in medication management, ADHD, anxiety disorders, alternative therapies, women's mental health, and more. Visit us at calpsychiatry.com and let us help you get back to your true self. Thanks for listening to Mind Stories and don't forget to subscribe. Hello and welcome to another episode of Mind Stories. Today I'm pleased to have on as our guest one of the 